Hey everyone, this is Will from Charlotte, North Carolina, and welcome to this brand new and exciting episode of The Missing Piece. Very often, if you follow our show, that you know previously that we've been talking about this country of India for so many episodes. Especially in terms of this economic partnership, not only between India and the U.S., and also this friction between India and China. However, in this episode, I still would like to center on this critical nation in Asia. But meanwhile, it's not just about the politics. It's something much deeper and what we call hidden within the society. It's social matters. It's social justice. Some of the critical, urgent issues that we should address, not only through discussion, but also through literature, movies, and etc. So that's why today, Will is very honored to invite the author and another famous journalist. And Miss Chatterjee is the best-selling author, a journalist, and a columnist. And she's a former foreign correspondent and columnist for the Economic Times. And for the same newspaper, her column "California Dreaming" was about her life as an immigrant mother in America. It's gun violence and shooter drills for kindergartners. Her latest book, called "The Water Phoenix," a magical realism memoir of how she healed from childhood abuse, was in the top five best-selling nonfiction of 2020 and number one on Google India. Miss Chatterjee, welcome. To the missing piece. Thank you, Will. I'm honored to be here, Miss Chatterjee. As I mentioned before in the intro, when we think about the country of India, too often, even until today, we we always focus on the issue related to economic partnership, political shifts, and also even to put in a broad way, we'll think about the leadership, you know, under Amarinda、um, Modi. But however. After researching your book and after talking to you briefly, I found this is something more urgent that we should address through your book. So let me ask you a question: What motivated you to write such a dramatic and heart-wrenching book?、Um, well, well, it's a little hard to answer because it's not a typical reportage、mm. or just going on the field and researching kind of you know what we do as journalists. Um, I didn't set out to write this book. No one in their right frame of mind would do such a thing.、Mm. However, over the course of my life, fifty, close to fifty people have shared very intimate details of their own abuse, and this is a thing that happens when you are,、um, especially a foreign correspondent. You're、mm. kind of very globalized. You know, you know what it's like,、right. and a lot of behind the scenes stuff.、Uh, um, if people start telling you their stories, so it it just moved me how cookie cutter it was. How rampant child abuse was, how hush hush it was, how people who were very successful or appeared very happy,、mm. or people who,、um, you know, I happened to know a little more and knew how bitter they they were or how bad their relationships were,、uh, and I by relationship I mean your relationship with work,、sure. with、uh, not just your romantic partners but your friendships, how you、mm. show up day to day, all all of it was completely framed and as、um, you know. 
uh, psychology and neurosciences. Neurosciences consistently shown us that our neural pathways are set by age seven or eight. Mm. And then we're just repeating the same patterns again and again, unless we go through uh, psychotherapy processes, you know, or, you know, consciously do some work mm. to change that. So we keep uh, getting the same triggers again and again. So which means it never really left most of us. And it's so common in India because it is a society with no boundaries whatsoever. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, it's going on in the courts right now. Uh, mm. This is marital rape and there are people actually going against it and they do not understand how does this, even what is even marital rape. And it's the innocence or ignorance, whatever you want to call of a society that is so deeply patriarchal that mm. this is even an issue. So I will not say all men are against it, or but it, it uh, deeply points to how flawed this society is how we are raised without boundaries, without consent, without any sort of uh, identity except for that which is imposed upon us. And so child abuse is very rampant. And, you know, the National Crime Reports Bureau of India said over 109 children were abused daily in 2018. And they're just the reported cases, which are a fraction of a society heavily built around shaming, like all ancient societies, I think, but, uh, you know, where everything, where expression is curved. And mm. even though my book was so well received, I have still been shamed. Mm. So, um, and at the same time I'm my DMs are filled with people saying hey this is my story and I'm I was suicidal and now I'm not which is you know what any any writer right. wants to hear it's the greatest right. award the greatest success um one could ask for so it it is everybody's uh it's not everybody's but it is you know extremely common and uh, you know the world health i was just telling you the world health organization said 1 billion kids uh aged between 2 to 17 were abused in 2019 which was higher than the number of coronavirus patients mm. in 2020 so this is a pandemic that has been i don't know i don't know since when has been going on right. and uh the reason you don't hear about it is because you will by you i mean the world at, sure. at large we will only see what is presented to us and this is increasingly becoming the case as investigative journalism uh, you know gets lesser and lesser funding there's more threats the voice is the narrative is controlled um you know in many ways uh social media should help but i don't know i have more faith in i think the younger generations because i'm not even on instagram and the mm. book kind of became a little movement on instagram uh, a lot of um you know the LGBTQ community came out sharing their stories that what they thought was a love relationship at age 15 was actually rape mm. and how this book helped them process uh, all of it. So there's a lot that's going on and the, you know, Gen Z and the, the younger crowd is definitely right. a lot more vocal. Um, before, and, and before we get to the younger generations and one thing I want to pick it back on what you just said but based on what you just described, you would say this nation seemed to me is without morality or the people who can't really understand what's right and what's wrong. Why would you describe the country this way? I don't think that's what I meant. I mean, personal boundaries. Right. The personal boundary. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean, by the way? Okay, it, it looks like this. Um, let me give you a small example from my book, which is everybody's story. Sure. Um, I was six and we call anybody who comes home auntie and uncles, even if you're not related, you know, it's something I have to always explain in America. Uh, I have met this person for five seconds in my life. Mm. I'm supposed to sit in their lap. They're going to pet me, you know, like I'm a, you know, like I'm a dog or something. Mm. Only I don't want to be that. Mm. I'm not as friendly as a dog. 
and uh, what does that do to that child and it's considered rude if you know you're the super cute chubby cheeked kid and this stranger comes and pulls your cheeks and hugs you and puts you on their lap and you are would you as an adult would that be acceptable if somebody just walks on the street if i'm a woman and if somebody does that to me as a grown up that would be abuse like in america i could call the cops right this random That's stranger right. That's how fine. is that not a crime and how is that that is um it's just considered love and nobody's mm-hmm. intentionally doing it so when you're raised like that as a 4 year old as a 5 year old uh you know because the thing with child abuse is how will you have access to that child mm-hmm. if a child with with children you have to have access which means somebody has been trusted to keep the child safe mm. uh there are a lot of other things and a lot of men have written into me uh i wish i'd have known more about this earlier uh, about their stories of abuse right. which kids were molested by teachers uh which was a whole different uh, by domestic help something it's it's quite different from um you know most of the others i know but what i want to come to is this boundary is a personal boundary not mm. a country uh, we like to see everything as social political but it starts at grassroots level right. the political is personal the personal is political it before it becomes stats you know it, so when that fiver will start hey so i have no rights i don't like mm. this clearly every ounce of me screaming that this stranger cannot do this to me you know mm. and he's just hugging you but right. maybe they'll start feeling up maybe they won't but the point is this is this become the child's identity mm. i have no boundaries i have no, you're not aware which is why this is even a subject this whole marriage right. thing i think that's going on in courts the, they cannot understand it and i empathize unfortunately why they cannot understand it is because it is so messed up it's a psychological mm. uh, you know we're talking about the psychology of a society mm. and it is not just india by the way i think it's in most ancient cultures we did not know what boundaries were right. um um you know miss chatterjee i want to ask you again when you mention the younger generations today and it's not just the youth that you know in india but also live across the continent and we know that when we look at some of the political or social movements younger generations today are very active in engaging these social uh, matters but coming to your book and from your standpoint to uh, to write this book how important it is for the younger generations the generation z you know the millennials in india alone today to understand these matters and again how would you think that they could understand or they could form the concept of child abuse and based on what you wrote um i'm just going to go by i actually got interviewed by one of these instagrammers mm. i'm usually very open and also based on my dms one of them really uh was very relevant because she said i thought i had a very happy childhood i was mm. never sexually abused i was my parents gave me everything i wanted but reading a book and the the interesting part about this book is there's just i think three instances of abuse which are about one or two pages at most the abuse scenes are like four or five pages the right. rest is a child figuring out oh so this is love oh but now my abuser is kind to me no 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 so he can't be wrong maybe something is wrong with me for feeling this mm. way that's how imposter syndrome starts or oh why am i feeling scared now so 
I think it's the PTSD of it all, which made sense. And right. the emotional abuse, the abandonment that children feel, I think it's just because unfortunately we love as a nation to compete for tra- tra- for tragedies. Uh, not as a nation, I would say as a world. Right. Uh, you know, right. cancer. Oh my God, they have cancer. Right. But if somebody is having a panic attack day to day, I'm sorry, their life is hell as well. And right. the fact that we, because it's not visible, you know, mm. uh, you know, it, it, it's it. It just isn't valid. And I think that's what is the difference with Gen Z. They are a lot more woke. Um, and uh, these are the kind of messages they have been telling me. They've been uh, very, you know, fairly open. Mm. And we have uh, the LGBTQ um, community, especially uh, coming into more self-expression in India very, very late. Uh, but, you know, it has been happening. And unfortunately, uh, abuse was pretty rampant there and they have been open about it. So uh, I think it's just... Like in 1991, our economy opened up, uh, liberalization. I think that's what's happening at a social and a psychological level with the younger generation mm. um, spearheading it. But let's just say if this matter, it's so critical and is so prevalent in the country today, I guess naturally people will think, why isn't the government doing something to help? Or, I mean, not just really say uh, uh, saving the children, you know, but let's start from this educational level. Why isn't the government or any organizations locally in India say this is not right or, you know, this is not acceptable because we need to understand what is personal boundaries and what to do and how to keep yourself uh, 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 being, uh, uh, how could I say, being uh, attacked? You know from those matters but why isn't the government doing something and and how ineffective it is today um you know th- these are such complicated matters um there are of course nonprofits who deal with it and the fact that these conversations are even happening the fact that these type of books are even getting published mm. uh, and let me tell you i wanted this to be a novel and the reason it's a magical realism memoir is because it reads like fiction it goes into you know how a child processes it right. to a hyper imagination very much like uh, it has been described like rushdie's work uh, and so it was supposed to be fiction but the publisher insisted that it be a memoir simply for this reason that you mentioned mm. because there are no books like this in india especially of or any in the world where the healing has happened mm. and somebody has managed to have a very fulfilling life so they insisted that it be a memoir and that made it harder for me right because all these people are alive right. and this is what a lot of memoirists will tell you we have to wait for people to die to write that truth no matter how many uh, you know people it might help like it, it's it's another thing altogether so sure. there are non-profits people are talking about good touch bad touch and i think those are great starts i have uh, talked you know i've been on panels with a lot of um, psychologists and non-profits which is a great start because they are seeing the psychology part of it right uh, with anthropologists with all of it and as well uh, as, and there is a great a lot, a lot of interest in this because again um like you're reaching out to me um people criminologists from australia have reached out uh, mm. you know people from japan so there is clearly some interest in in this because uh, the world is more global these nonprofits get international funding they want to know how can they break the psychological social cultural mm. barriers to reach the, this demographic better because you're dealing with people who are completely shut off uh, because of all this you know all the ptsd um so there is that but i honestly i'm not sure what governments can do because what they could do is perhaps make it easier for you know the judiciary process make it easier i don't i shouldn't feel unsafe as a woman to walk on the streets mm. at 6 p.m 
or at sunset. This right. is this is a real problem. You know, we have it's it, whatever they say. We feel as citizens that it is a lawless land. Right. Nothing has changed. As a woman, you know, can I go a week of my life without being groped mm. or being afraid? I'm not talking about midnight. You know, just generally the stories are all over the place. Right. Uh, it is no secret. You just have to look um, at how unsafe it is. Crime is pretty high. So um, those are the things regulation government can definitely help with. Also, this whole business of having to prove or, reha- or rehabilitation uh, for rape survivors. And we are just talking about the ones that have come out. You know, there was a whole Nirbhaya case um, in Delhi. Uh, you know how... In just anybody on a bus, anything can happen to anybody at any time. You know, it's it's um, it's pretty scary. And I'm just talking about child abuse, the mm. most vulnerable. Uh, assuming they have a grown right. up to protect. Miss Chatterjee, I want to I want to ask the next question is, you know, very often that countries in specifically in Southeast Asia, that's where I was based before, and I have heard a similar tragedies and similar tragic stories and have in other countries and meanwhile that we depend on large uh non-profit organizations overseas to help but let me be i don't want to be a, a, a sound so pessimistic but sometimes the organizations overseas when they help those social issues or you know uh related to children specifically or women specifically they, it, it's really difficult to come up with a long-term strategy. And very often I talk to the a leader or even talk to the uh, uh, the project managers when, when they are setting up the projects at the beginning, they were very excited. But somehow when we came to the word culture, well, when we came to understand uh, really the domestic relationship with the people, suddenly the conversation just ended. So in other words, yeah. I wanted to help, but put in a simple way is I don't understand the country well. I would love to give you resources, but somehow I am still being the outsider and not the insider. So from your perspective, if any organizations you know outside India would like to help, you know not only from this social perspective, but psychological aspect or education, etc. What what do you think it's uh, it's so necessary for them to understand before actually stepping into uh, the, the nitty gritty thing uh, regarding this uh, uh, challenges? Um, okay, that's a brilliant question. I love it when we come to solutions. Um, thank you for that. So um, number one, what you pointed out, they have to understand they are the outsider. Period. Mm. That. Uh, that may work for funding, but at grassroots level, they they already hate you. I'm sorry, they also hate me, city girl, writing right. in English. They already hate me, privilege. You are dealing with, uh, you know, ex- whatever the stats may say, we are a poor country. I'm mm. sorry, I, I don't care what the image is. Sure. Day-to-day living, it is people are still fighting for clean water, mm. you know, all of that stuff. Um, that said, you know, New Delhi has become a little bit safer. Uh, I, I, I'm, again, I cannot give you statistics, but it feels a little safer from what I hear from people. So regulation does help. This is what I think 
would work if I were a non-profit. Mm. I would go through the news articles, look at the rape victims that have openly come out, get in touch with them. A lot of them are in rural India. Use them as the ambassador, if you will, how you mm. have United Nations Goodwill Ambassador, sure. I don't know, Angelina Jolie and all of them. Mm. Use that local person to be the ambassador. She's sitting there being shamed, probably still waiting for the money the government owed to her, mm. but a lot of middlemen took away. Uh, and of course, no one will uh, get her a job or get her married because she's the bad one, right? Or her mm. job is just to be a woman, just to be a child or whatever sure. it is. That's right. Um, so use them as ambassadors. This takes away shame, stigma. Now she's a local celebrity. She has transformed from victim to warrior. That is number one she will be able to reach out to people and there'll be empathy more and more you have mm. you have actually helped a victim that way and you have and she will be able to reach to them in a way because she grew up in that community i'm talking about really you know the villages the small mm. towns where it's all judgment 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 that's all so you will be able to reach better you have actually saved at least one life uh if and and you know that will impact more uh just like you know me writing this book versus, um, I don't know, a journalist doing reportage would probably not have had that impact because I've been through it. So there's a lot more empathy. And mm. in the end, even if you're an organization, we're all humans. We are longing for human connection. You right. that, you know, it's not just a project. Whatever work we do, it's we are here for human connection. Mm. Use that to your advantage. So that, that uh, I think, will work okay. rather than just sending outsiders. And... um. Miss Chatterjee, I know you're very busy. I got one more question before letting you go. Now, the last question is for people that who were not born in the country of India. You know, again, your book it's widely being read. You know, outside the U.S. and outside India. When the reader finish reading your book, what would you want them to take away? So, in other words, what would you expect the readers to understand? by diving into your book because again it's not like i said it's not a book about international relationship it's not a book about how positive or uh, this book could actually beautify the country in a more mesmerizing way i mean again that was all good but as i mentioned before this is such a critical and the it's a factual issue that happening in a, in india today so what are your expectations for readers to understand when they finish reading your book? Um, I will just go with what readers have told me because mm. as a writer, once the book is out of your hands, it belongs to the world and mm. not, no longer to you. Um, I will go with what readers have said. Everyone, and uh, during Christmas, a lot of people were, you know, gifting it during the holidays. Right. Uh, they said that it allows all of us, it's got nothing to do with child abuse. Mm. It's got nothing to do with country. Though there's a lot of beautiful small town India. Sure. Um, it allowed you to sit with your emotions it allows you to process your grief mm. why certain foods will remind you of something that happened maybe you felt abandoned or bullied as a child there's a lot of inner child work so anybody especially the last chapters are all about self-forgiveness and why not to force it because forcing yourself to forgive your abusers is already mm. abuse, so it's it being kind to yourself allowing yourself to go through the emotions without adding story uh to it um you know i think anything that i i would want today for um 
people to know that alchemy is possible within you but do not run away from those emotions mm. self love radical self love hold your hand the way you wish somebody would have when you were a child abandoned whether mm. it is uh by your caregivers whether it is you felt bullied or alone as a child or and we've all we've all been through it so uh yeah just this book helps you sit with Um, yourself it's it's a gift of radical self-love mm. well rutupanar chatterjee is the best-selling author a journalist and a columnist now she came out with her new book called the water phoenix a magical realism memoir of how she healed from childhood abuse miss chatterjee thank you so much for being on my show and it's been a pleasure of talking to you and i hope and i pray that more people not only just in the us or india alone but also outside those social circles people begin to pick up the copy of your book and really understand how critical and how urgent this matter is thank you miss chatterjee 